Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nat Fanatic, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes and... Quiet on set, I'm Chris Jai Wardner. Hello. Rolling for speed. This is You Ought to Be in Pictures. It's an episode from the fifth season of Laverne Shirley. Directed by Joel Zwick and written by Jeff Franklin. And we are going to talk the heck about it. And Chris has some facts about those coming later on. Those folks coming later on in the podcast. Here is what the episode is about. An enthusiastic Shirley desperately wants to be in an army film and talks a reluctant Laverne into coming down and auditioning along with the boys. The girls are immediately picked for major parts in the movie, but they don't know they're performing the parts of hookers in an army hygiene film until it's too late. Will it survive the humiliation? What do you think of this episode? Oh, man. This feels like a weird, like, Dear Future Models Part 2. Kind of. It also is clearly the episode they got as close to the girls show up in a porno film as they could. Yeah. Eventually we do an episode where um, they become entranced with um, tabloid celebrity, which is kind of a cheeky reference to all the fact that the way the girls were dragged by the, the tabloid press. So we do get a little bit closer. This is about as close as we do get. They do do some B movies. They appear as B movies. In it, it's, this is definitely a Jeff Franklin episode though. <laughs> Yes, yes, gross, gross, incredibly gross. Jeff Franklin. Yes. Yep. Um, that that all said, I mean, it's it is still funny. I still find parts of it really funny. It's just the humiliation humor is just not really my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like it goes a bit too far. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They, 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 yeah. There are, I mean, because don't be wrong, there are lines and ideas that they pull off perfectly. I mean, yeah. the the yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. director is the perfect kind of scumbag and very accurately done. Yes. And uh, the two uh, the the two male actors, I mean, especially the, one of the guys, Johnny Pulse. I mean, that yeah. is a freaking porno name. It's a great, a hila- it's a hilariously delightful name. And um, he's gay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gay. Oh, my mom adored that. There was there was a great gasp. I I mean, she was like, I have a reaction here. Like I wrote it down verbatim. Uh, they put this in the show. No kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> and she was like completely delighted. Yeah, in, in the early eighties, the late seventies, the early late, the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, pretty darn revolutionary. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, um, and and I love Shirley's reaction to it. Just sort of like, Same. well, no business like show business. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what are you gonna do? And then and then Laverne's like, oh wow, they're so cute. She's like, Shut up, Laverne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree that the humiliation conga line goes a little too far in this episode. The girls do not get proper vengeance exactly upon this director upon the military or even upon the boys who mm-hmm. are way too proud to be syphilis sufferers in this movie. <laughs> and that's and i think that's the problem is that it's the punchline of the end of the episode is them suffering the humiliation yeah, and yeah. that's not funny to me yeah exactly it's exactly. like, oh, it's great for a howling laughter humiliation thing. But and that, I guess that's the problem. It's uh, it's uh, the what is that? That German word, uh, Schadenfreude. Yeah, Schadenfreude. Yeah, Schadenfreude. Thank you. Um, I, I should know this. I know so many German people and German language oh. people. Um, <laughs> <You're only> <laughs> so the that's the thing, though, is that it's the idea of taking pleasure in watching them suffer and unlike, say, like Dear Future Models, where it has this great sisterhood conclusion of we don't need them. We don't need their validation. Yeah. We're beautiful on our own. Yeah. 
and we got to live the dream for a little bit in our small little way, small little way. Here, they don't get the dream. They're essentially booted out of the whole situation entirely. And it's the thing you strike off your resume. And that's relatable, yeah. but it's it's just really it's like like I said, I don't hate it. Yeah. It it's just depressingly rote. Yeah, yeah. It goes too far. Like I said, it's not enough of that they get humiliated for letting squid eat. It's not enough that they get humiliated in front of a bunch of army guys. It's not enough that you know, the boys go to the premiere and they tell everybody that this is their friends Laverne Chili playing the hookers. It's that it ends up on local television somehow. Which makes no sense whatsoever. No this sense is, at all. This is 1962. There is yeah. no way they're going to talk about good time girls and STDs and all that kind of stuff. They yeah, they yeah. didn't even have those in regular mainstream films really at that time. Like yeah, exactly. Hayes Code. Yeah the uh, the 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 um, uh, the MPPC the Motion Picture yes. Production Code. Um, I've been researching this because as of this yes. recording, I've been working on a Call of Cthulhu one shot, which I'm just going to yes. throw that out there, which one Lisa has been RPG. wonderfully helping me with brainstorming, but Aww. is a, but it's causing me to research the production code. And they even, I, I even found out that like certain films that dealt with like either like abortion or um, sexual promiscuity or what have you, yeah. they had to convince like the treatment of alcoholism in Virginia Wolf had they had to convince the 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 code, the the code yes. bearers the MPAA they had to convince them that there's a significance to this or oh tons of hundreds thousands of people have seen the play who cares, you know yes exactly so, exactly, exactly there's no so there's no way a PS a military PSA and yeah sure some yeah. military PSAs when you you know you find them today on YouTube yeah. some yeah. of those yeah. I mean, yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that gets shown on TCM at five in the morning. In fact, as we speak, <laughs> as we, yes. and as we tape this episode, they're going to show Shake Hands with Danger at five in the morning tonight on TCM. At five in the morning tomorrow morning at on TCM. <laughs> Shake hands with danger. You're the guy I used to know. <laughs> <laughs> but th- these wouldn't be things that they would air on national television because they wouldn't be acceptable subjects. So, you know, they would air, you would, this would be something where I said you would, it'd be a curio and you'd see it weeks later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would, you would, this would be like something that would get run as like a, like during the seventies as a midnight movie, like the midnight movie shows, they would like run like, you know, they'd spool a bunch of PSAs, you know, about like the menstrual cycle or sex education or something like that. And then stick that in front of a John Waters movie or, um, you know, teenage mother. You know, teenage mother spells nine months of trouble. <laughs> that is, I think, our fifth time bringing that up on since we started this podcast. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, you got to bring oranges for all the pregnant kids in junior high in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, speaking of Grindhouse directors, though, I love that Todd Powers, when he's in his whole director mode, he yeah. is. He's not just a bad director. I mean, he is a bad director. He is a bad director. He is a shyster. He is a scoundrel of a director. He's also like, what if John Waters filters through toxic yeah. masculinity? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, John Waters uh, probably wouldn't take delight in humiliating his actors. I don't think he delighted in humiliating Divine and saying, go eat the dog turd. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I know I want you to suffer. No, Divine was his close friend. They were doing this for art and to shock the bourgeois. Yeah, and my 
understanding about um, the because he ta- I, I saw an interview with him and H.G. Lewis talking together, yeah. and you know Lewis talks about it, and you know Waters kind of said is this was the whole point, sort of like it wasn't even necessarily he had to ask Divine to do anything. It was a case of like I couldn't stop Divine from doing it even if I wanted to, and I did. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It was basically them taking their middle fingers and shooting them up at the establishment right. in a lot of ways. They wanted to shock and horrify people. And that's why the older's water got, and you got into movies like Packer, and you got into movies like uh, Low Down Dirty Shame. That was, that's just Dirty Shame. It's just Dirty Shame. Low Down Dirty Shame is a whole different movie. Yeah, yeah, Dirty Shame. You get into movies like Dirty Shame. You get to the point where people weren't being shocked anymore. They were just being annoyed. Right. Nobody was doing Exactly. That's why Cecil B. Demented is one of the few of his later films that really works for me because it's like, oh yeah, because it's it's not about shock, it's about just straight comedy. And like for cinephiles today, it works, I think, even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's also gently tweaking them. Just even funnier than Oh yeah, no, he he is he is he is um he's ge- <sighs> Okay, we're gonna make this. This is have to be an explicit episode because we're having a John Waters conversation. But it's, it's about, like he, it's about them being loosey goosey. So we might as well just go there. All we now. might as well. <laughs> um, but it's like Sizzle Be Demented is you know for anyone who doesn't know, and especially somebody, and especially I think people who've seen it will find this funnier. He's trying to convince film nerds that him jacking off the air is going to make them come. That's basically because yeah. because that's the thing is yeah. he's 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 mocking them. Yet also is he also understands he is one of them. Yeah. But that's yes, the whole yes, but, yes. but that's the point. Yeah, exactly. He's mocking them and he is them, basically. And that's, that's and that's kind of the bummer I feel about uh, about Todd Powers, the director in this episode, is you know, and I know bringing this, you know, this movie up is is always kind of a t- is is a touchy subject, especially with the folks that are probably the audience for our show, but um my one of my absolute favorite things about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the director of the Lancer pilot that is you see Rick Dalton going to film because the wow. director wants to make good art and yeah. it's it's still cheesy. But the idea is you're seeing yeah. a guy that takes the medium seriously. I actually would have, you know, loved, even though I understand it wouldn't have been the kind of broad, big vaudevillian comedy that it is, is that. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, but the girl because the thing is, this is treating the girls as idiots and the director has to be an idiot. Otherwise, a real director would be, you know, um, would be horrified and mortified and never hire them. Yep, exactly. But I like the idea of him believing in them and wanting to make this great performance and like having these intricate backstories. And, you know, it's like it's like, oh, you're, you know, on the skits. And so realizing that, yes, he still can because and the thing is, truthfully told, like I've known people working in indie film who've gotten unfortunately like kind of screwed over by these yeah. jerkwad directors that like give them all this character work and stuff like that. And really it's just the director getting inside their head and fucking around. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I'm reading an, a biography about Bob Fosse and how he did that. Oh with God. His dancers. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I'm actually in the middle of that. It's a really good one. It's the one they based out uh, Fosse burden on. Mm, mm. it's really good it's really good uh but he used to go up to his dancers and whisper in their ear uh, tell me more about your boyfriend or tell me how much you want me you know i was trying to get them get the right mood out and he slept with some of them oh yeah he didn't sleep with all of them there wasn't enough time in the day so to speak. <laughs> that's, 
I can you only fuck. I, women. <laughs> there's only so many oh, people I, I can fuck today. <laughs> That's kind of true, though. If you read the book, it's kind of true of him. Oh, oh my God. That's some, at that point, you're just going to get like a little puff of dust out of the tip. Jesus. <laughs> hey, for some men, one puff of dust is enough. <laughs> oh, uh, now I'm just going to imagine. I'm now that's how I'm going to think of Bob Fosse now, overachiever. Bob um, Fosse, penal overachiever. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, cock. Anyway. Actually, holy shit. I just as I said that I look at my notes and this is the um when he lines up the 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 ladies, you know, in the audition process, the director, I actually literally have a note, ladies lined up, my goodness, I could never be this kind of cockbag. That's awesome. I, <laughs> there you go. Well, you're a better person than him. There you go. Yeah. Um, um anyway. Yeah, just yes, 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 yes. It just it go it goes too far on the humiliation scale. It just goes too far. Yeah, like at at least if this was like a nudie film or a porno movie, it would like be seen by like, like at best, like 50 people, you know, and right. And at least Laverne would be into a bunch of dudes, you know, jizzing to the side of her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know I'm going super blue today. I probably am going to actually have to put it. No, this is a blue episode. We open up with Lenny. Entering the room with the girl's bags, he thinks it's an extra step, and then he almost immediately proposes a threesome. That's true. It's very bold for him. Mm-hmm. It's wildly bold for Lenny. Uh, he is the kind, of, never the kind of guy to be that blunt. Say, we're bosom buddies, girls. Let's do it. Yeah, which uh, my note about that is, you know, hey, Lenny, whoa, hey, um, I don't know, but maybe you possibly should, uh, you know, wait until the show is premiered in a year from now to make that joke. <laughs> But it's like, and, and then Shirley is just immediately no to him. And Lenny just goes, eh. He starts nuzzling with her. <laughs> <laughs> and... uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, imagine how pissed off Squiggy would be if he actually did it with Shirley. We got a taste of that in Lenny's crush. Oh, he yeah. would not have been here for it at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, and especially at this point, because so much more, so much more has happened since then, too, between them all. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm just trying to imagine what what is getting into him. But he, 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 you know, the second show he says no, he has a presser. That's what's nice Mm -hmm. about it. He does not press her for anything. He just immediately turns to Laverne, either because he's more comfortable with Laverne and because of the chemistry, cough, cough, or because he knows, you know, she'll be easier on him. Yeah. Although she does bop his bulletproof belly. Oh wait, sorry. No, that's that's the uh, that's pop in the bathroom. Love- Never mind. The fact that Lenny's doing this with Frank in the bathroom. Frank is two feet away from him. Frank could murder him. Oh yeah. He's taking his pants off in the living room. That's <laughs> amazingly bold for him. I I figure that's a Paul Verhoeven effect. He'll probably just go to Frank. It's like you know how it is. Everybody undresses around everybody else. Who so know who cares? Yeah. That's more you of a square, Lenny going right point. for the neck too. Right for the neck. <laughs> he keeps doing that. That's actually a Michael move because he does that in Best in Show with uh with a guy. He's, he's playing a gay guy in that in that movie. He goes right for the neck. Well, you know, some some people are into the nuzzle. Some people are into that. You know, sweet. hint. <laughs> well, as the Marquis de Sade once said, "My pleasure." That line I love. I my love my mom's response to that was like, "Whoa." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was she shocked? 
When you start taking his pants off? Um, she started laughing. You know, she definitely thought it was cute and funny. And she kind of, and my mom is one of those people who is like really like modest about nudity and things. like. My mom yeah. is interesting. She's like, she just kind of naturally has, from my understanding, has gravitated towards being the kind of pure soul that like a lot of pure like protestant christians kind of want her to be but at the same time she's also the kind of person that's like yeah but if somebody wants to do that then that's fine like you know if if that's who they are then that's fine she's basically like as long as they're safe as long as they're healthy as long as they're happy like that's all that matters and um so you know she she definitely i mean that's not to say she doesn't like a dirty joke once in a while but it's it's like they're but yeah so it, it she definitely got a giggle out of it but it was more she wasn't scandalized you know yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, it's it, it's a wild intro, though, and the whole undressing, and, and I love that he doesn't catch shut the door behind you, yeah. meaning leave and then yeah. leave the, yeah. close the door on yeah, the way yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. He thinks that he, he they accepted the three-way, he's going to close the door and start taking his clothing off. Because right, they start right. getting naked, so hey, why not? <laughs> and he goes for his pants first before anything else. I do that. That's a TM. I know. I'm sure that's TMI for Pond. Why are they tear my pants? (laughs) (laughs) I also love their conversation about them playing spin the rifle. And like, yeah, there was, it was better when we took off the bayonet though. (laughs) (laughs) When Len pipes in. Yeah. Poor, poor private Zuckerman. Poor guy. Uh. (laughs) Oh, and then, oh God. Frank does not even go running out when he hears them screaming. What's even going on? And you can probably hear Lenny's voice. Like, yeah, oh, the nice body limb reference. My God, he should have taken that wrench yeah. and like thrown it at him and toppled him down the stairs. And there's uh, something very sweet and Lenny-ish though with that line. You could have at least said nice body limb. <laughs> <laughs> and we should add it is a nice body. It is a very it, nice body. It is, it is good. It is good. Um also, why does Shirley want to know where he gets the underwear and then Laverne oh. remarking, well, you know the line. I'm sure you have that one written yeah, down. Yeah. No, I'm going to be up all night thinking about that. <laughs> why didn't tell me about that? That normal looking boxes that I even weirdly printed and he's had some more unusual underoos on before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why, she be, why she's so wondering where the heck he got his underwear from. They just look like regular boxes. Uh, um. Yeah. The next one that says, those are normal boxes, Cheryl, right here in front of me. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just boxers, you know? Um, I mean, if, if they were a strange cut, I would get it. If they were a weird, tidy whities with like a pattern on it, yeah. I'd get it. Yeah, but yeah. If they had like weird things on there, unusual shapes, it's just like normal straight boxes. So. See, like and boxes. very good in them. Anyway. <laughs> well, what if what if they had a bunch of iguanas and it's his it's his Jerry pants? Oh, that would be adorable. Or Jeffrey, sorry, Jeffrey, Jeffrey pants. Jeff- Jeffrey, my brain. Pants, yes. Why, why did that I say Jerry? I'm looking at my notes like, what? Did, where did my brain go to Jerry? I've actually been forgetting words like all day. It's just been this weird oh, thing. Dear. Uh, my brain is getting dry on you. <laughs> I, I think it is. I think it's the right brain needs to take over for a bit. Um, then we get the even the even filthier line where Laverne says she's gonna take the socks out of Shirley's bra and give him the squeaky to play with. My note after that is this is definitely a Jeff Franklin episode. <laughs> My note is just wow. <laughs> <laughs> This is wow. Yeah, like. my, my mom gasped and covered her mouth laughing. It was it was pretty <laughs> pretty wild. And and then it really gets going when Shirley starts putting the love on Laverne, like, you know, because yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. My note on that is this is super queer. That was my note. <laughs> yeah. It very, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put a paper bag on your head and you could be Marilyn Monroe. Um, so just, just to let folks know, the reason we do bring up the whole Jeff Franklin stuff in regard to this sort of thing, um, we, this is just to reference this again. I'm going to try to make this kind of quick is that on in back in 2019, the Hollywood reporter revealed details of a probe that had been made by Warner brothers and included uh, interviews with like staffers from Fuller house. And they commented that Franklin would talk about having orgies over the weekend and he would have like requests that all writers come to his mansion and reminded to bring their bikinis and complain. And um yeah, just a lot of like sexual harassment and stuff like that. And he um, and so, yeah, he's he's obviously is denying all that. But I mean, basically, he was kicked off of Fuller House, even though that's like a show that he basically created um, because, of, you know, because of this whole situation. And so it's it's just kind of, you know, the point, though, is that like from those stories and like when you read like the Fuller article and stuff and the more of the details, it's like, yeah, the dude, the dude's got some proclivities and um they definitely come out here like it's it's very crass and it's i mean i love this episode i have a lot of fun with this episode um or i love some of these guys like this whole opening from the start up to them going to the audition is a delight it's a body delight but yeah yeah, it this is a bit of jeff coming out in the in the in the writing where it takes a downturn is where the boys uh they start eye-humping all the actresses in the room and they try to tell the girls that they're playing. Like, Lenny wasn't just trying to get into the girl's pants two minutes before. Yep. Yep. It's just, it, it makes no sense for him. Uh, it makes no sense uh, for the boys when they've been trying to, again, get in the girl's pants. And why wouldn't they want them to be successful? They could glom onto their success and become their agents, which actually does happen in the California years and try to happen. They try to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, that's where it starts to go downhill. Uh, as my note says, Lenny, you wanted to jab these girls with your pork sword a day, <laughs> an hour ago. <laughs> that's my actual literal note. I love, I love your euphemisms, honey. I love them so much. If somebody, if, if people are leaving comments on this pod, can, can someone just leave a note about like how great Lisa's euphemisms are in these sort of, <laughs> sort of cases? Especially those who've who've read her books. Yes, but I was going to say, uh, of course, the girls. Oh, I wanted to mention the boys' line before it starts to go downhill. Women of the opposite gender. Yes. This was to a religious fanatics called the Promised Land. <laughs> uh, and I do like that line. I see some parts I like to edition. Hey oh. <laughs> And then the bird smacks Lenny right in the back of the head, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, that. very deserved. Um, yeah, and the, the, the total squiggyism of, I can see with my own two brains. Yeah. Yeah. Which is perfect. That's a very squeaky one. Uh, I, there, there is no hello gag this uh, episode, by the way. I noticed that. There's, yeah. There's a single hello gag. I thought that was interesting. Um, I love the moniker Shirley Love. Shirley's nickname for herself here. That's so cute. Of course, she doesn't realize how uh, porn up her post it will be. Oh, certainly. (laughs) Certainly. The, um, as we're starting to move into the audition scene, I do want to mention this. I, I hate the way that Shirley it being kind of almost like a sore winner, you know, says to the the other actresses after they get, you know, it's like, ah, forget it. Go home. We have found our two. 
Um, which yeah. also is, by the way, for anyone out there thinking of directing movies or producing movies, that is horrendous form. Do not yeah. ever, ever yeah. fucking yeah. do that. Yeah, you don't do that because then you end up uh, insulting people and they won't come back to your cow calls ever again. Exactly. <laughs> um, but the line that Shirley says is, nice try and good experience. My note is, oh, fuck off, Shirley. <laughs> 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 oh. oh, you you, you reached your limit with her. <laughs> I, I just, I've... I've had that. I've gotten that. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's like, oh, that's a nice try. Good experience or whatever. You're just not what we're looking. It's like, oh, God. And that's not to say I hate everybody when they do that. There's a couple of, there's definitely been more, more than a dozen that have been like, oh, phew, I didn't get that job because I didn't really want it. The pay wasn't good enough or what have you. But there's been a few that's sort of like, yeah, you're not good enough. And it's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. I've actually worked with a lot of those people after that, which is weird. Um, cool. I should maybe stop doing yeah. that. Anyway, Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, I did have a note that when he, the director says, you're going to be stars. My, my, uh, I'm kind of worried Nemesis is going to be coming after them. I know. God. Uh, I'm kind of worried, frankly, that they're, uh, they're going to, they would end up, uh, making a career. Out. Can you imagine making a career out of that? Constantly appearing in those kind of movies. Oh God. And hygiene PSAs of the, yeah. of the bat, the hygiene problem PSAs. child. Yeah. Yeah. ID PSAs, B movies, white coders uh, gets the slow sliding slope in the six and six. I mean, there's 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 definitely those that exist. Um yeah, true, true, true. I love that Laverne's partner is Herbie Teitelbaum. And she goes, yes. I couldn't think of a name either. <laughs> I know I'm repairing up, couldn't think of a name either. Yeah, I, I love him. I love his name. I love his, his candor. I love his terrible acting when the, uh, the actual shoot Same. starts to happen. Same. Um, Same. Funny detail. This is not meant to just uh, suddenly jump into talking about the actors just yet, but I did want to mention, I can't find any information about that guy. Oh, that's uh, interesting. He is credited in the episode as by uh, being played by Gary Earl with an E at the end. Yeah. And I think it's a pseudonym because I can't see anything else there. So I'm, I'm curious what the hell happened there. But um, I'm wondering if it was a crew member or one of the writers or somebody who just kind of stepped in. Um, Probably. Because he, he looks familiar, like we've seen him before, yeah. is I guess yeah, what yeah, I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what he could possibly be from either, but he does seem kind of familiar. Yep. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't know exactly what he looks like. Um, uh, question, question. Go okay, we get, we we have to cover this. This again, big yes. question. Dresses, outfits. <laughs> what are we thinking? Well, Laverne's is very eighties, isn't it? It doesn't even look very sixties. Looks like like eighties kind of dress that you'd wear in chainsaw Hollywood hookers. Oh my god! Doesn't yeah, it? it is very Jim Wynorski. It is. Yes, yes, yes. Hollywood hot tubs. Oh god. Hard bodies, all that kind of. That's the kind of outfits you'd wear in those. It, it looks too eighties to be convincingly early 60s i know today. a guy who i would call the oregonian jim winorski who still makes oh, you know, gr- great wonderful schlock movies oh, um man. i'm i'm gonna send him a picture of those outfits and say joe bingo i found the look yeah. for your next female protagonist yeah yeah there you go oh my god it's great i love how laverne just leans by the way into the the whole thing, she just leans to every little bit of the uh, the uh, role, the requirements, what she has to do. She enjoys it way too much. I was like, oh yeah, like sticking out her chest and having fun and surely. How do they not know they're playing hookers? By the way, how do they not put uh, that together? 
They're extra dumb in this episode. Which, which is, which is the again the problem with this whole thing, and why I feel like it's better if it's the idea of a director trying to make high art and trying to make this thing, yeah. and it gets, and actually the tragedy of it is it's recut and yes. dubbed over. Yes, and what? they re- and like everybody gets screwed. So yeah, they get screwed, and the director gets screwed, and everybody yeah, gets screwed. Yeah, 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 yeah. What actually would have been funnier is they make they go to make they audition for this um, auteur film. Somebody got uh, incredibly inspired by uh, Truffaut or um, somebody like that, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to want to make this uh, big uh, dramatic movie like what's uh becoming popular around the early 60s french new wave kind of inspired stuff so the girls go out the boys get hired for it the director has all these pretensions and all this stuff uh he uh thinks it's going to go a certain way he cuts the film together he projects it and it turns out somehow like reels from an ad for arnold's got mixed into it or something oh my god (laughs) oh he so has have, he hi, he hires Lenny and Squiggy to be the editors. Yes, 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 yes. And they said that's isn't that what you wanted? They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're totally innocent about it. They think that's what he wanted. Right. I thought it was a little fancy it, for our taste, but hey. It's almost like that Rocco's Modern Life episode where um, Rocco and the gang they oh, edit man. the episode of Wacky yeah. Deli. Perfect, and they can't get it together. Oh, it was a great one. And yet it ends up making all this money anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's oh God. I, speaking of the director stuff, I just came across that note I have again about wonder about the script. Forget about it. Throw it out. All great directors do. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, he's doing everything he can to get it done. Just make some exploitation, get some army money and make a silly sex film. There's something yeah. gr- super grotesque about it. Yeah. Um but my mother was delighted at the set coming together in the single shot where it kind of it's yeah. there's actually some really impressive long takes in this episode. Yeah. There's some really good uh, blocking yes. for this one. Yes, yes. The way that the uh, backdrop just goes, bam, mm-hmm. they just, just wheel poof. in the stupid uh, street lamp. Yep, <laughs> and they they pick up and carry the the park the uh, the bus stop bench yep. and all that. Yep, and, yep, yep, yep. Uh, and Laverne's whole like, oh, see what's this, where girls whose job it is to entertain the troops because of the USO. Yeah. <laughs> How does she not get that? She hangs out in the docks all the time. Oh, totally. Totally. Jesus. Uh, good grief. Yes, but I loved, I, what I did love uh, was, you know, eventually it all starts coming together. And, uh, you know, they put up with the army BS of sailors. Do not pour, do not poke your torpedoes into the infected love tunnels of these lovely ladies. Look at their tiny, cheap, gaudy purses. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a, a golf clap for that uh, that use of euphemisms. <laughs> I don't think it will send and, over the Discord, but it'll be on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> and then so then they finally get the, the sailors reject them, and who comes around the corner as two sailors that the girls have slept with? Soldiers, actually, this is soldiers. It's Lenny and Squiggy. Right. They gave their characters gave Lenny and Squiggy's characters syphilis. Just yep. Let that sink in during the family hour, eight thirty at night, on probably a Monday at this point. Oh boy! Uh, and yeah. and and yet, uh, you know, you know. Actually, okay. Here's the thing. I was I was thinking it about eight thirty. It was eight o'clock. By the way, sorry. Go ahead. Go oh yeah. Uh, okay. So eight. So eight o'clock on a Monday. Yes. At this point. Yeah. 
You know, it does make one this, this sort of sense, though. They do drive Lenny and Squeaky crazy. Yeah. 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 yeah the, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I was oh. waiting for that to drop. There oh, we go. Why, 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 why? The boys consider this a huge point of pride, by the way. The boys are so proud of themselves. They're so proud of the whole situation. They're like, yeah. Yeah, we did this. We did it. Look at us. I love Lenny's suit. Somebody tweeted Michael asking whatever happened to that suit, and he said he didn't know. But he uh, saluted the uh, wardrobe person for it. Yeah, I. Yeah, because I I was wondering where did they get those outfits? Where because it's it's so it's very costumey. It's very costumey. Uh, yeah, is, and it's it, I mean, it's like I know they've gotten raises, but they're still poor. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, maybe they might have rented them. They might have made them. Maybe from like Elliot's Wax Museum. True. Also Could possible. Could be anything like that. But yeah, they're they're extremely proud of themselves. They expose the girls and all that stuff. Carmine is really nice in this episode. Carmine tries yes. really hard. Yes. Um, it's extremely sweet. This is now the second time, and you know, third time actually, like this yeah. that I can recall this season that he's been super sweet and super good boyfriendy. Yeah, he even takes it in stride when it kind of is revealed. You know, he's trying to be yeah. supportive, like, and everybody yeah. knows you're not easy. I can personally vouch and yep. and all that. And he yep. fight to protect their honor. He's looking on the bright yep. side, trying to pick up their spirits. It's like, yep. why isn't this the Carmine that we see more often? Yeah. And uh, we've had a lot more of that Carmine this season, and that makes it super enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know why they did that, why they did what they did to him, like, in season four. He had these periods, like, in season four, season two, where he was extremely caddish. And it's like they, they constantly bounce back and forth between him being a cad and not being a cad. It's annoying. Yeah, very annoying. Um. Also, how surprised were you that being called bimbos didn't hit the berserk button for them? I know. They call themselves bimbos this time, which is interesting in and of itself. We just played bimbos. They didn't uh, realize that they were hookers at all. And you'll forget all about playing hookers. We played hookers? I thought we just played bimbos. It's like the girls have to be extremely almost oh naive in this episode for it to work. I, how the heck did Johnny Pulse actually make it into a newspaper? Is my question. Oh no, I just got the pun of his joke. His Johnson pulses. Yes, 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 yes. Oh yes, God. Yes. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm amazed that he got into the newspaper too. I'm sorry. Just my, my brain's this starting to leak. This episode is filthy. This whole episode is filthy. It just—it's filthy. It's filthy. That's what it is. I mean, I just—I just dropped a dropped a line in the the uh, the our group chat on on uh, our little group chat with some of the other fans that uh, there was a line. I I'm tired of getting paid in breadsticks. That Carmine says, and I mentioned yeah. I said we were clearly do we recording this episode because I read that as I'm getting tired of getting paid in breadsticks. Oh, he wishes. He wishes he would be paying those. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So something some will hopefully get my mind out of the gutter back into the studio. Um, yes, Dickie doing yes. Dickie. Okay. So Dickie doing slate. Yes. So it's supposed to be sound. No sounds being recorded, right? This is, you know, cause that's all the narration stuff. They're just doing yes. stage direction. Yes. Um, 
So actually, they'd be using an MOS slate, which is where you put your fingers through the slate and don't clap if you don't need to sync sound. You do this so that the editor knows there's no accompanying sound to put onto the film when syncing it. Um, it's what they refer to as MOS. It's uh, an acronym for mo- motor only sync or motor yes. only shot. And it means that the take is being filmed without sound. Um, yes. And I, I know this because yes. I've, I've have, have had to do this a lot. Yes. Um, uh, Dickie, Sorry. by the way, that voice, um, yes. something struck me a second time watching this. I think that's the voice of Mr. Shots from the last talent show. Oh man. I wonder if it is. You got to check on that. Um, we, on that. we still don't have a credit for that as far as I've been able to find. Um, but, uh, he was played by Harvey L. Khan. Um, <laughs> but, but he, see, this is the thing. He was a dialogue coach on the Bad News Bears TV series, as well as doing dialogue directing for The Creature That Wasn't Nice with Bruce Kimmel. Um, uh-huh. And he popped up in as a DJ on Happy Days and made yes. a one. He actually makes another appearance on Laverne and Shirley later on. But it looks like he didn't do a lot of stage acting, which makes me wonder if he did a lot of voices, a lot of radio, that sort of stuff. It may have just been an act, a voice acting teacher back in the yeah. 80s. So, um, so I just anyway. Oh, yes. right. We forgot to mention. Yeah. Bruce Kimmel is the director, by the way. That's the first Nooney musical guy, the organist. That, that is the director. That's him. That's Todd Powers. Oh, that's TP. Cool. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Yep. Who that's I also wonderful. found out he directed uh, the Frank Stallone flick Prime Suspect in 1989. That uh, schlocky um, uh, witness a murder from a hitman movie. It was like direct to video practically. Um, he also did some acting and producing on Penn and Teller's Bullshit, which is interesting. Oh, uh, and uh, actually, I can quickly wrap up the, the note for uh, Steve Dubay as uh, Johnny Pulse. Uh, he's an actual guy from Peoria. So Peoria, Illinois. Huh. So that's kind of neat. Um, cool. But yeah, he was a TV actor, 70s and 80s before retiring from the profession. Uh, he did get the Spartan Laverne and Shirley regular spot uh, for a few episodes on Breaking Away, General Hospital, two Love Boat appearances because, of course, he did. And um, his last part was on an episode of first and 10 and that was it so not a lot of notes for today for the actors yes. and such yes. but yeah um anyway yes. yeah I, I don't really have much more else on that side more mostly just like the film yeah. stuff like you know technique yes. and craft and just yeah. i don't know it's god i did i did jot down almost all the narration you know tramps bimbos sluts the worry of every mother in america uh unclean harlots <laughs> harlots yes uh, oh that's right it's harlots not sluts sorry yeah they didn't uh, say sluts they couldn't get away with sluts in the 70s you can't get away with it now but you can't get away with it back then uh yeah the, the cheap gaudy dresses the painted mouse and those flashy purse oh god i love my mom got a huge laugh out of the purses getting thrown back to them after they try to chuck them away yeah that's funny that actually is funny uh, uh how are they going to get a lamppost to the submarine photography line trick photography yeah of course trick photography oh man um but yeah it's it's like it's getting this really into this range of like three's company tna sort of comedy and it's it's funny in that sort of way but it's yeah i don't know Um, it it doesn't it never it it does kind of do that kind of stuff but it's not always consistent on that point. It doesn't really get this. I, I can't even say that. I can't really say that. <laughs> but it, it never gets that uh, Three's Company-ish. Boy. Yeah. But it's, not, it's not the best episode. Yeah. In a lot of ways. 
in a lot of ways just is not best. yeah is is there any other any other notes then for us to to cover aside from maybe my, going fisters for fish my last note is the boys and girls really hate each other in this episode yeah it really come, aside from lenny putting the moves on uh laverne and shirley it comes off as they just them totally disliking each other to the to a level we haven't seen since like season one like really yeah. mean to each other in this one yeah it's a very season one season two in some ways too yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i want to throw a special uh mention in about frank mm. frank's whole scene when he comes out of the bathroom finally he's fixed the wrong thing Mm-hmm. That's great. And uh, he looks like he's yeah. been fighting the ghoulies for the last two days. Yes, yes, yes. He's been just fighting the ghoulies over the weekend while they've been at the reserves. Um, I love that Frank was a Shakespearean actor and an incredibly bad one at that. <laughs> to <laughs> be or not to be? That's to a good question. To be. <laughs> to be to not to be. She got her acting talents from me. <laughs> yeah, all the Defazios, they're all natural actors. I love it. Let's oh, <laughs> put a paper bag over your mouth. It's a great <laughs> line. Uh, Pop, is that you? And he makes like a Muppet noise, like, Arr! Yes! <laughs> it's my Pop. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, are we going to do pros and cons? Are we going to, yeah. Gonna I, I almost wonder if like we kind of have covered a lot. I guess, yeah, yeah. let's, okay, let's, let's line, let's line them out though. Let's line them out. Yeah. Um, like <sighs> the pros I would say are, it is definitely authentic to this kind of shitty filmmaking. Um, <laughs> you're working with a lot of like really untalented fucking idiots who have no idea what they're doing and you get really frustrated. I will not name names on that note. <laughs> um, we know who you mean, Wink Wink. I, I, no, yeah, I don't, seriously. Uh, I mean, th- there there is actually a case of that. I I realized I worked with somebody I started to work with more regularly later on one of those types of shorts with that one of those types of people. And when I brought it up to them at an event, they actually denied being in it. And then later came up to me and said, "I don't tell people that I was in that. Please don't bring that up." Oh. So, <laughs> so yes, very authentic. Um, I love that Carmine is a sweetheart in this episode. That, as yes. I mentioned, that pretty much the entire opening scene is cute and funny. And even though it, Lenny oversteps his boundaries, he does it in a way that's yep. you know he t- he takes no for an answer, which is yes. the thing that we always yes. we always appreciate about him. Yes. So that's yes. in character. It's charming, in spite of it of everything else. It's charming, and it's properly naive towards you know after the bosom buddies line comes out. Exactly. It's it's a very um, it's a really well directed episode. Joel did a really good job on this one, yes. um, and it's it's uh, this is definitely we're we're in the middle of this Joelswick run, and I'm I'm really curious what's going to happen when he's gone because yeah. I think pretty much he starts to disappear in season six, if I recall. Yes. Correct? Yes, yes. Uh, season six is an interesting case in a lot of ways because uh, the scope gets bigger, but we also it also kind of shrinks more. So huh. we will actually it's it's an interesting case we'll get there we'll get there we'll get because there. and i think talking about scope is interesting because yeah there's some you know blocking wise to just get the timing down the pacing of this episode is really tight um yes. it it really moves and that's very brisk so those are all the pros uh cons still is creepy way too humiliation um yeah. i would love to have seen it and i just i think really that whole 
I just don't, I really don't like the ending. It takes like a whole like point, point and a half for me, you know, yeah. as it's yeah. uh, that conclusion. Um, yeah. the, the obvious pros for me is, the pro for me is that opening scene. The opening scene, everything with Frank is cute and it works. I love uh, Shirley's ambitions. I like Carmine being lost in support of boyfriend. Um, what I you know, don't like is the, is the humiliation con. I don't like Humiliation Congo line. It just lasts way too long. The girls never get a leg up. It's mean. It's mean. It's mean. The boys are mean towards them. The girls are mean toward the boys. Uh, even to a level uh, beyond what they'd, you know, they'd climbed to over the past season. And considering what happens uh, deeper in the season, and even the next episode over, it's hard to, to buy that they still, uh, you know, loathe each other that much so to speak so yeah that that's my that's my con yeah now that yeah. that tracks yeah. all right cool so uh oh, ranking do, 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 do. oh god you i'm i'm gonna be... i I'll, I'll i'll take it um i'm gonna be nice to it just because it does as i said it, it captures the bullshit filmmaking too too well <laughs> uncomfortably well <laughs> Um, I'm giving it a six, maybe a six and a half on a good day. And again, that, as, as I said, that opening's great. Um, Carmine, etc. Yeah. Six, six and a half is what I'm going for. I'm giving it a five, but that's just for the Frank stuff. It's just for the, um, the Laverne Lenny Shirley stuff at the beginning. Uh, it's for that suit. It's for Michael McKean's legs, <laughs> which was very nice to look at. There's a whole point added for his legs. So. <laughs> do, do do you need to lie down a minute? Should I get should I get you a pillow, honey? Do you need to lie down and think and, and no, think about legs for a while? Do you need to do, do, do I need, need to get you? Some, are, you are you are you are you thirsty, dear? Do I need to get you some water? <laughs> Only a little. Oh God, uh, but yeah, uh, that's what I'm ranking it for. The boys and the girls are just cruel to each other in this episode. The episode is cruel to the girls. It's like uh, all that bitterness in the writing room leaks out. Yeah. It, it's yeah. just like, it's just like, yeah, well, yeah, well, since they said my, my script was shit and they kicked it into the rafters, fuck it. Now I'm going to write them as fuckers. It's like, yeah, okay, you make them look like the dumbest two people on the planet. They're too dumb to realize that they're playing hookers, even though in the, like Halloween season three, they kind of have a better light bulb over the loosey goosey stuff where the cops think they're hookers. And playing mm-hmm. hooky, that's season two. That's season two. I was wrong. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah, season yeah. two. I'm going to make them the dumbest people alive. The boys are going to openly insult them, and the boys are going to be smarter than them because fuck the situation. That's what it almost reads us like, and it's just, it's unfortunate. I would chop certain chunks out of this episode to keep it, but the rest of it, uh, the main part, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. There are ways to do a plot like this without uh, openly and overtly hating your characters around the page. There are ways of doing this without being total assholes. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time for our quick sponsor break uh, bef- as we're wrapping up the episode here. Um, so here's hoping that this one actually uh, gets the ad revenue. And I guess that's it for everything today. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Um, this what is it? The the, the boat right on down to Smut Town. Um, yeah. Ride the raft on down to Smut. Well, 
There we go. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, we've been getting a lot of those in the last few episodes, the last like five, six, seven episodes, and so it's it's hard yeah. to keep track of them. They yeah. collide. But anyway, yeah. folks, um, we hope that you've enjoyed our little uh, foray into the wonders of movie magic. And uh, if you'd like to know more or get more on the program with Night After Night, then you can join us at Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, Patreon, and YouTube, or Night AFT Night PC on Twitter. On the Twitters, we often try to have a lot more uh, communication. The community is kind of sort of growing a little bit. We have a lot of friends that have been helping us an incredible amount with, you know, making sure we have access to other people that are doing stuff, posting stuff, and even a couple of folks from the old staff that like talk about it, which is weird. Um, so yeah, uh, please come join us. We do watch alongs and those kind of fun things and all that. Anyway, so. Next week, uh, Lisa, um, I, I, I just, okay, listen, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but for next week, um, my, my underwear and my socks are not going to be black. I hope that's not going to be kicked out because I know we're going to that cool new place uh, next week. And um, it's, I don't know if that's cool enough. It'd be cool. So anyway, Daddy-O, uh, the early 60s finally hit Milwaukee and the girls discover the beatnik movement. Shirley becomes obsessed and Laverne worries she's losing her best friend. This is the beatnik show. <laughs> Oh, the Beatnik show. Man, that sounds like a good time. I mean, uh, I don't know. Wash over us, good episode. Wash over us. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. I mean, I don't know. It's not like it's going to have, like, Simon and Garfunkel in it or anything, but. <laughs> well, well, we'll have one of them. We'll have half of them. <sighs> well, thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Don't take any flashy purses from weird directors, guys. Don't do it. Bye. And and get a better first if first or second AC to slate correctly. Your editor will fucking hate you. Yeah.